Sleepless nights, baby spit up, maternity jeans, leaky boobs. Some people are ready for all that. So if you're not ready for a baby and everything that comes with it, make sure you're good to go with your birth control. Visit NotReadyNow.com to learn more about a reversible, longer-term birth control option that you don't have to take every day. Discover Park MGM, the newest resort in the center of the Las Vegas Strip. Enjoy powerhouse artists like Lady Gaga and Bruno Mars in the intimacy of Park Theater and indulge in inspired cuisine from tastemakers like Roy Choi at his new restaurant, Best Friend. Park MGM, intimate moments, big experiences. Hit it. Hey, how you doing? Hey, where you been? Three girls talking about a lot of love and sin. And there's someone sitting next to us. Who that freaking man? It's ooh. Oh, oh. It's Keith. Okay, let's put our little headphones on. Also, note for Kevin, shuffling papers while someone's talking. Not good. Not good for audio. Right, guys? Just you mean like right now? No. <laughs> That's right. I was looking over at you thinking, Kevin, stop shuffling your papers. I was sleeping. Guys, welcome to another amazing, award-winning, buzz-getting episode of Three Girls, One Keith. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. You feel yes. pretty pumped for this yes, one? Yes, I do. Yes, I feel mm. great. Are you guys excited? Today we get to talk to Sarah McBride. Oh. I'm very excited about yeah. this conversation. Sarah. This is our most impressive guest, and other than my father, who was a huge hit last season, and he's <laughs> um, he's got a lot of buzz going on at his he's assisted good. living home. Um, so today I, I wanted to talk a little bit about evolution, just us as, as people and comedians so in terms of like our own evolution, I'm and I'm just speaking about like, I guess sort of what we've learned and who we are now. I think that we've all done, a, except for Keith, a pretty good job of, you know, moving with the times and, and learning. I feel like I'm empathetic and I feel like I'm woke-ish, you know, to hate yeah. to use that word, but I just feel like there's so much more that I need to do. And I feel like when I first moved to New York, I wasn't open to any of that. You know, I had some friends that really like, shook it out of me and shook me down and like had a lot of patience and I still don't understand why they were that loving and caring and had that kind of patience Because they with saw me. that there was a really good person in you and, and that you just hadn't learned yet. We're all doing the best we can. I personally used to make jokes at the expense of marginalized people in a way that I'm like definitely not proud of, but just didn't have the information at the time. And I'm trying to give other people that same respect and patience to evolve also. I've evolved a lot. Oh, year. God. <laughs> the wrong way. I did. I, I mean, I, you know, I was a bully in school. Now I'm a bully in The comedy, comedy club. Yeah, you're still a bully. <laughs> No, no, you've gotten, you've gotten. I've, I've, you know, I've done a little bit. You've done a little bit. Now, if you had two <laughs> friends that got in a, in a kerfuffle or a, a scrimmage of some kind, is the new Keith going to sit them down and help them talk out their differences? Or are you going to egg them on? Or what are you going to do? No, I always was like that. I never liked a whole lot of dissension. But he likes to be in charge of the fights. He's like the Judge Mathis of his neighborhood. Like okay. He wants to be okay. like the court. and he. No, you know. no, I just, you know, I just don't like a whole lot of stuff. What do you mean? Conflict, like, do you mean? Sorry, conflict. not that that wasn't super yeah. specific. <laughs> you don't like conflict? Oh, my God. I, my water just broke, okay? 
you are the king yeah, of. I like, you know, I'll push the, you know, like get people to argue Lose a their bit. fucking minds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. He feels most alive. You feel most at peace and invigorated when you get every woman to scream in the room. When all the women are screaming, and then you want to take a His sweet eyes nap. wide and he gets like yeah. crazy eyes because he's so excited. That's, what that's what that's makes just you feel my, more alive? Like when you're pumping someone or when you're getting women just riled up? Oh, women riled up all the time. Yeah, because it doesn't happen when you're pumping. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, Kev's on Pornhub. Oh, Pornhub. Oh, my God. Aren't you on Pornhub? Yeah, you found it. You told me. Yes. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Bridget's on Pornhub, guys. What? What? Yeah. I was the first person to tell you. Yeah. I'm so proud. Can you explain? I just think it's wild that, like, um, as much time as I've spent on Pornhub, <laughs> RedTube, XTube, uh, PornoTube, all of them. Who are all our new sponsors for this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, never, I'd never seen it. But I did this, like, sex scene in a pilot, and then somebody put it on porn, Pornhub. How are the views? I think it's doing oh, the view, well. You know, the, 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 you get the percentage rating, and mine was yeah. like above 80%. Oh, That's huge. Well, That's better, right. than, Rotten yeah. that better than, <laughs> than Rotten Tomatoes. That is better than Rotten Tomatoes. That's the new Rotten Tomatoes. I'm so proud of you. Mm. I told my whole family, and uh, they, were, they were pretty. <laughs> they were what? Well, my, my one sister made it about her. She's like, oh, great. I have oh. a sister on Pornhub. Oh, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you, Kathy. I'd be so proud. My nieces are like, woo. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. I was so happy. I knew you'd be so happy. I didn't at all tell you in an alarming way. I was like, guess what, baby girl? Good news. So happy. Rach, have you evolved? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I got a ways to go. But yeah. I, I was looking at my old journal entries a while ago. I think I texted you one of them. And it was like, it was so dark. But it was like, I was like 14 and, it, and the... There was an assignment in school, and it said to describe yourself, you know, to the best of your ability. And they get in a few sentences, and I was like, um, "I have really dry hair, and my skin's not very good. Um, my the top of my thighs are a little bit too fat." And then it was, and then I said at the end, like, "I try, but I try to relate to people, and I think I'm a good listener." Like it was so <laughs> sad. So like sad. I don't know how no. I didn't take my life that year. It was, oh, and then no. the teacher just wrote on top. <laughs> Like, she just wrote, like, B-minus, like, late or something. <laughs> I'm like, how do you not read this and just immediately start weeping or, like, have an emergency intervention? We're also doing a segment this season where we share a quote. It's a beautiful day to share a quote. Oh, Keith, your, your brow is furrowed. Is it because you don't read your fucking email? <laughs> I got a quote. Oh, God. No, this is a quote. I think one of the great philosophers in in Philadelphia. This is bullshit. It's not. One of the great philosophers in Philadelphia. Rocky Balboa. Gangster Rick. (laughs) Gangster Rick told me when I was a kid, it's better to have a motherfucker on your conscience than on your ass. Is this about murdering? This is just about... <laughs> this can't be a pro-murder podcast. You're already, you know, you've been... I'm getting you a kitten, Keith. <laughs> some softness in his life. Yes. That's a, that's a good quote. I feel like you're a motherfucker in all of our asses. <laughs> so troubling. Bridge, you have a quote. Yeah, I got... Um, is I'm it going to a... be as solid as uh, Street Ricky or whatever the fuck? Gangster Rick. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I got one um, for, for, for Bridget Everett to try to listen to. Okay. I'm a big Emily Dickinson fan. And uh, she has one that says, The soul should always stand ajar, ready to welcome the ecstatic experience. That That's means. the opposite of what Keith just said. <laughs> 
But I don't Board wanna... up your doors. It's just you. <laughs> They're coming for you. <laughs> now, if I know my best friend, Rachel Feinstein, she's right now Googling Gloria Steinem quotes. Uh, actually, I have some Tupac quotes oh, saved. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> on my phone that I saved last night when okay. I was doing my motherfucking homework. Okay, okay. In my blazer, in bed. Wow. <laughs> Nothing but a blazer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Here. Do everything you can to make it around the system, over the system, or out of the system. Tupac, Shakur, take that into your dating life. It's yours. Wow. Thank you. Give it into you. That is the North Star that we will all follow. <laughs> I thought Gangsta Rick was the best quarter of the day. Of course you did. <laughs> was it, no, don't get in a motherfucker on your conscience. Get that motherfucker in the grave. Is that what it was called? Yeah. <laughs> they hate us because they ain't us. That's right. Also, Emily, that was an M. That was an M. <laughs> M an M dick? That was an M dick. Get M that dick. M dick. <laughs> Guys, does anybody have a pounded or pass? Do you want to pound it or do you want to pass? Pass. Do you want to pound it or do you want to pass? Pound it. Yeah, I got one. Okay. Is it um is it too soon to talk about Susan Boyle? No. Definitely. We should talk about Susan Boyle every episode, and I have a feeling that you're going to find a way to do that. <laughs> I'm going to give Susan Boyle a pound, and here's why. Mm. She was being interviewed recently. <laughs> oh, here we go. And they said, do you think you're a champion? And she said, um, I think I am. For the people that don't get heard. <laughs> was that an accent? <laughs> yeah. You sounded like you were getting punched in the stomach at the end. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to pound Susan Boyle personally. Yeah. I'm going to pound her on the couch. We're going to just watch, like, a beautiful show. Well, that'll be nice. Yeah, we'll watch, like, a movie, and then we'll have sex on the couch. And then we'll, like, keep just sitting on the couch, and I'll make her some tea and put, like, a blanket over her. Oh. Would it be That's weird it. if I showed up shortly after? And um, took a, another crack at her and pounded her too. And then Chris could make us all pasta afterwards. <laughs> this is this just took it from a 9 to a 10. <laughs> and yes. And I think maybe we should see if this is a possibility. I think we can make it happen. Guys? She's pounding me. Oh. oh my place okay. is kind of a mess right now. So Bridget, if you don't mind, maybe your apartment? Sure. <laughs> can Rachel pound Susan Boyle in your apartment? Yeah. It's really exciting when Bridget has people over, and I'm still really regretting that you did a few weeks ago, and I forgot, and I missed out. So I'm going to come back. I'm going to circle back yeah. and get pounded by Susan Boyle on your brand new sweet couch. Thank you so much. Yeah. 40 pumps, Susan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 40 pumps. Keith, what do you think? Mm, I'm not going to pound her. You're not? No, not at all. Okay. I made it let her lightly lick my nipples. <laughs> Wow. I don't know that she's... That's not an option. That's, it's not it's, lick it's your nipples or, or pass. Pound or pass. Please, please, if you're not going to pound her, then leave her the hell alone. <laughs> He's always asking people to do stuff to his nipples. It's so alarming. Well, we know you like nipple play. <laughs> oh, man. I it's bet she's fucking go to town on Simon Cowell and those little nipples. He's always got poking out his white uh, t-shirts. <laughs> little glass cutters for Keith. <laughs> Some people are into the idea of adding a baby to the mix. Some of us can't even get ourselves out the door on time. So if you're not ready for life with a baby, visit NotReadyNow.com to learn more about a reversible, longer-term birth control option that you don't have to take every day. Get the details at NotReadyNow.com. Discover Park MGM, the newest resort in the center of the Las Vegas Strip. It's where Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars, Janet Jackson, and Aerosmith bring down the house in the intimacy of Park Theater. It's where you can indulge in cuisine from L.A. chef Roy Choi as he mashes up Korean flavors at his new restaurant, Best Friend. 
Be inspired at Italy Market. Enjoy a spin on fine dining at Nomad Restaurant. And let it all go at On the Record, Vegas's first speakeasy club. Park MGM. Intimate moments, big experiences. Book now at parkmgm.com. For today, because I feel like I got to air my, my grievances with Keith already, let's do Keith's beef. That's Keith's beef. Here's my beef right here. Okay. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it loud. <laughs> you understand? Ladies, learn to take a hit. Wait a minute. Not a physical hit. I'm saying the hit <laughs> as far. No it's, not, not, no, it's not physical. I'm talking about learning to take the hit as far as, like, when something happens, stop with the whataboutism. <laughs> What are you? What? Are, oh. Wait a minute! Y'all, I women, remember you brought up whataboutism. No, women always gotta go whataboutism. Men do whataboutism. Instead of um. taking the fucking hit when a woman, the congresswoman, said, "Impeach this motherfucker." Automatically, all the women were saying, "Well, if a man had said it, then da 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 da." And they what were if right. A man yeah. had said it. <laughs> right. No, I'm not finished yet. Let me finish. Shut your gob stoppers and let me talk. <laughs> not even a phrase. Uh, no, we're listening. We're listening. Oh, he's so erect With right now. Breath. So erect. Please, everybody tweet, mute Keith and try to stop Please, Keith. guys. Please mute Keith. Listen. So what I'm saying is just learn to take the hit. Say either, either apologize for what you did or just move on. And say, I'm not, fuck you, I'm not apologizing. But stop saying, if a man had did it, then what you had said. Leave us out of it. Okay, we are so easy. We can't leave you out of it. Ladies. (laughs) Everybody, if you're wearing wireless headphones at the gym right now, and uh, take them off and throw them in a fire. Just flush them right down the toilet. (laughs) I just want to know. So when you hear about a white guy Mm -hmm. getting arrested Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the way that he's treated... You don't want a what about ism that shit? Not at all. Oh, fuck you, Holy Keith. Shit. <laughs> you can't even be talked to. That's a fine point, Amy Beth. Our guest today is someone I have so much respect for and just love. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. Yeah, you look impressed. (laughs) Our guest is the National Press Secretary for the Human Rights Campaign. She was the president of American University when she came out as a trans woman. She spoke at the DNC and worked under Joe Biden. And we are so honored to have her here today. Miss Sarah McBride. It's an honor to be on. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, we're a bunch of morally bankrupt garbage people. I don't know if you did any research on this podcast. I have. Yes, I've listened to it. Mm. Oh, well, first of all, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so today, um, we have so much to talk about. And I, I want to say this to my co-hosts. Today's a good day to ask real questions and try and, and learn something and not be worried about our own ignorance. And I know I'm looking at you a lot right now, Keith. Yeah, you're looking <laughs> directly in my eyes. I'm sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> but um, Sarah, can you walk us through your story? What what you would want your story to be so far? Yeah, absolutely. So far is, is good. I'm 28 years old. I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, and I'm a transgender woman. It is a fact I've known about myself my entire life. It's something I have thought about pretty much for as long as I can remember. In fact, I remember being in my bed at night as a five-year-old kid, lying in bed, praying that I would wake up the next day as myself. 
Every day we hope that Keith wakes up as as someone else also. And usually um, usually while we're recording this podcast. Yes. <laughs> most often. So you would okay. So I I would I would pray at night that that I would wake up the next day as myself and I eventually went to college at American University, still struggling with my gender identity. I was elected student body president at the time. And halfway through my term, I eventually had realized that I couldn't spend one more day watching my life pass by as someone I wasn't. So eventually I came out to my parents and then at the end of my term as student body president, recognizing that I had had this platform, I decided to use it to educate people by coming out publicly and sharing a little bit about my story. And, a quick question, um, is American University like conservative or liberal or? It's very liberal. Okay. It's, very, it's, it's one of the more progressive campuses. It's actually one it's of the most. It's basically West Point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very rigid, very traditional. And you did this through uh, an email, right? I, or like a- I posted it on Facebook. Okay. And then after I posted on Facebook, the editor of the school newspaper came in and posted it there. And then it went viral online outside of American. It was 2012, though. It was before what Time Magazine called this transgender tipping point. And even American University was still pretty ignorant when it came to transgender identities. And, and my hope was that it would create a little bit more space for other people to live authentically there. And did that happen? I hope so. I, well, I, I get, you, you, you didn't know the response you would get, but... The response was incredibly positive. I didn't receive a single negative comment from anyone on that campus. We've all had to learn and evolve about trans and everything within that. You know, yes. like non-binary and is it a new word? You know, like there's a lot to learn. Can you give our, our six listeners a key? <laughs> like a little bit of a key? Yeah, absolutely. So generally speaking, the term transgender refers to a person who's gender identity differs from the sex they were assigned at birth. So I was assigned male at birth, but I have known my entire life that I'm a woman. And then increasingly, and I think this is something that's so beautiful, you're seeing more and more folks identify as non-binary. So identifying outside of man or woman. Yeah. And cisgender simply refers to people whose gender identity matches their sex assigned at birth. So for like a little SAT moment, (laughs) transgender is to cisgender as gay is to straight. Okay, and so... I would identify Keith as a piece of shit, but <laughs> what? Uh, but you're picking me up. No, I'm not. I'm but a cisgender to, piece I'm, of shit. A cisgender <laughs> yeah. piece of shit. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I just was trying to kind of break no, it down in a way. You're, you're breaking it down because you. If I see you as human, isn't that yeah. good enough? I think it's a not starting really. point. I think it's a starting point. I mean, I'm saying this. this, this yeah, I, no, I'm no. looking at. I'm gonna treat you like I treat anybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Bad. And, and no, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying. No. I, I just when you explain and all that, and expect the world to know all that is is, well, is she very difficult. No, yeah. I'm saying. No, yeah. We're no, trying no, to help. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think. Recognizing a person is a human is absolutely a starting point, and it's a necessity. Good for you, and I think I think that is absolutely (laughs) me. Right? I think people need to remember that it's not about them. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) just that's such a good point because I think you know it's inevitable that people make mistakes, and and the worst thing that people do after they make a mistake is actually create an apology that is so long that it actually makes it about them. If you make a mistake, just apologize and correct yourself and move on. Don't right. belabor the point because people then end up making it about the trans person sort of absolving them of all of their guilt That's and That's like any apology, honestly. Right, like, yes. You know, when somebody, you're, you're like, okay, it's fine that happened, but now don't put me in a position where I need to comfort you yeah. because right. of your yes. ignorance. Right, that's, so, that's literally every apology. <laughs> that's every apology, right. but it does seem extra infuriating. I mean, the reality is, is that 
transgender women are going to come in all different forms, right? Mm -hmm. The gender expression diversity among trans women is the same as the gender diversity among cisgender women. Some Mm -hmm. cisgender women like to wear, um, you know, blazers. Right, right, right. Power blazers. I do like your blazer, actually. Um, Even the buttons? I can't see the buttons. The buttons are problematic. I took a new risk. Maybe replace Uh, the buttons, don't you think? Anyway, it's not about the, yeah. As I have to remind myself every day, it's not about my blazer. What's inside? That's right. That's a great point. I know there are days where you must get so burnt out, but your, your forgiving nature and your sort of willingness to hold people's hand and be patient, I know that that's the most efficient and progressive and smartest thing you can do, but I also, I can't imagine having that patience. You know, Bridget well, doesn't have that patience for her friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, I don't have my, that patience for my friends or my family yeah, either. Yeah. Um, first off, I think a lot of people would say it's not necessary and that my patience is counterproductive. And I hear that and I get that. I they get, want you to be more angry. They want me to be angrier and they, they believe that my willingness to hold people's hands gives people an out to do bad things for longer periods of time. And, and listen, I, I get then, that. How could that be yeah, true? Then you're just internalizing uh, because, other people's bullshit because if you're taking on the anger. I'm sorry we're making you answer no, for that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, look, I, it's, this, these are questions that I struggle with. I believe that I have certain skills and certain privileges and certain opportunities that allow me to be the kind of person that can go in and hold people's hands. I also believe that there is a space and a need for people who are more aggressive, who are angrier, who are saying, we're not going to put up with this bullshit and we're not going to sit here and explain right. away our, our humanity every single turn. So I think we need all of that. Is there a place for, for you to have anger? Even if it's oh, not, yeah. you know, like there needs to be space for that too. I, I am not an angry person by mm-hmm. nature. I will say I'm too lazy to be angry, to yeah. be honest. It's just too hard for me to like keep that kind of energy up. Yeah, we are impressed that Keith's too lazy, too. but he finds yeah. a place me for too. it. He yeah. still finds a place. <laughs> no, but but of course there is there is a righteous anger and there's a place for righteous anger. Mm-hmm. Um, because what's happening should outrage people. It's like, hurry up, everybody. And, and, and I think I can be outraged and also still treat people with the kind of respect and grace that I know I would want because I know I've not been perfect throughout my life. I'm mm-hmm. not perfect now. Yeah. I think back to things I have done and said, particularly when I was a kid, and I cringe. Yeah. Um, Try having those on Comedy Central <laughs> every weekend. Oh, we're going to see an entire generation of young people just destroyed oh, by yeah. everything having Oof. been on social media. And a lot of our, our friends, a lot of comedians, you know, just – and that sort of stubbornness and holding on to what their old beliefs were, it's just like fucking evolve. You know what I mean? But like, even like just some, learn and evolve. Even some old like drag queens and, you know, people from like the downtown scene where you think you, they still can't shake some old language. You know, it's just interesting. People are so adverse to change. It, it's true. And it, it's all of us keep things that we might say to ourselves because they would hurt someone else. Not and anyone in this room. No one in this room, obviously. <laughs> I wouldn't expect that. No. But, you know, I think the reality is we have to we have to recognize that sometimes we just have to be intentional about it. And that might mean not saying every single comment that comes into our minds. And that's not a form of oppression. It's just living in this world. You do it every day already. And it's just doing it when it comes to a person that maybe you weren't thinking about before. When I think about jokes that I said 10 years ago, like, forget it. It's just, 
And at the time, I remember being like, those were just jokes and I don't apologize. And and you just evolve and you go like, yeah, I could see how those could have hurt someone, even though that wasn't my intention. You know, I fucked but up. Don't, and I, don't, don't comics push the envelope a little bit? We do, but that's pulling it back. Like, that was, no, you know. No, I'm saying, don't, you know, I... I didn't get in this thing to make everybody's not going to feel good after I'm talking. They're sure. Not, they're not. I'm not going to make everybody feel good. No, we know you don't make anyone feel good. <laughs> and we've talked to several audiences. But, like, I think to your point, and far be it for me to explain to a bunch You're of— You're a public speaker. Yeah. That's what we do. But, like, when the pushing of the envelope is actually pushing it closed for people that have had the envelope closed on them throughout history— Yeah, that's not revolutionary. That, that, that's I, not brave. Yeah, I don't think that that—right— that's but there brave. is this uprising right now. I feel like a lot of the Netflix specials of like kind of older guys being like, everybody's too PC. I liked it when you could call somebody that that's not brave. Like, and the, the market. It's also just not it's funny. Just, it's, it's also not, just providing comfort to people to live in their sort of idiocy. You know? right, right. Which is, you know. It's, Show me yeah. a tirade about PC culture that is actually funny and I'll pay you a million dollars because I have genuinely yet to see something that's funny. It's just a bunch of people complaining about the fact that they can't be assholes all the time. Right, exactly. So I'm like, I don't want to hear it anymore, you know? And it's up to us a little bit. Oh, Keith is, look at you, chomping at the bit. Because you know I'm talking about a lot of your friends. Yeah, but no, because when people are trying to live in the space of being funny, Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. Yeah. They're trying to live in the space of being funny. And that's that's where we draw Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes they're off base. In order to know that it don't work, you got to put it out there. Louis needed to say a joke about the Parkland shooting victims to find out that shit wasn't funny? No. Wait a minute. First of all, that was a joke that wasn't meant to be shared. That's fair. That was recorded. Governor's Comedy Club is not a public forum, and I, I do... I do want to go on record and say that. No. That's not cool for that to happen to anybody. Somebody, so, so when you, when sure. we're working out material. You're right, you're right. We don't know where it goes at. And sometimes you, you like, then when you say it back to yourself, I mean, you may go to yourself, you may come to that conclusion. You're assuming that he would have done that. But I, yes. I, I think so often we, with all due respect, I think that when people say, well, it's all, it's all in comedy, being a comedian isn't a blank check to say whatever you want. Agreed. And, and, and if, Think about the young person. <laughs> but think about the young oh, person. Yes, I'm giving is. Keith the finger. <laughs> just so Unless know. it's an apology, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> right. But think about the young person who's hearing those jokes yes. and then repeating it in school to, the, to their harmful. friends. It's harmful. harmful. As someone who did that. As you, someone who did that. You know what? I repeated all Richard Pryor's shit in school. George Carlin, all these guys. All these guys say, Cat yeah, Williams, amazing. like the funniest totally, guys. Totally, they'll totally. say some five minutes where you go, no, dude. You know? right. or, or that didn't age well. And, and yeah. you have to. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be censored from anybody. But, I don't want to be censored. But, and let me be mature enough to come to the conclusion. If it's hard, maybe I should sure. have yes. yes. Sure. I don't think anyone's calling for censorship. I think what people are calling for is the recognition that when someone says something that's genuinely offensive, the free market allows them to express their outrage at it, their desire not to have that kind of behavior rewarded. Particularly Which when leads a person to censorship. But that's not censorship. That's the free market working. If we're going to have free speech, free speech is not just a person being able to say what they want to say and it ends there. It's everyone else being able to say what they want in response to that and do what they want in response to that, whether that's 
boycotting. It can, has, it can have an effect and it can be harmful. I don't mind well, I think that, everybody though. needs to keep talking, like, just having right. more conversations. It's not about, like, I, I just— Getting it right I, the first time. Yeah, right? or, no, like, totally. canceling people, like, a show. Like, I don't feel like you right. should just close yeah. people like a box, especially because most of the people I love are deeply ignorant in many ways, including myself, so— Unless they, like, <laughs> raped a bunch of people, yes. and then that box is closed, exactly. and you're not allowed to come back. I feel like, exactly. If you committed physical crimes and you need to be away from people because you're, yeah, just wildly but assaulting— enough about Keith. But but like, but, but for instance, like, like it's just interesting how some people get a, a pass and some people That's are just true. done. I mean, I think at the end of the Poor day, our, I think. So, can you tell so us how to do our bad. podcast? I, look, I, I think, I think at the point that you can't distinguish between comedy and bullying is the point that the comedy has gone too far. Yeah. I think just yeah. to sort of sum it up, what is the world that we're creating when? All of the jokes are at ex- at the expense of people who are already marginalized, who are yeah. already not getting the opportunities. It's creating another form of censorship when we create spaces that are so hostile to the dignity of d- various kinds of people, including yeah. transgender comics, yeah. that mm-hmm. they can't then participate in the same way that a white, straight, cisgender man is participating. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that, Keith? I'm, I'm black. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never noticed that about you. Keith just came out. I'm black. I just came out. I'm black. <laughs> Keith wakes up from a dream. Thank I'm you black. for your bravery. Thanks, Thanks for coming out. Man. Keith finally came That's out. That's right. Yeah, um, Kevin. <laughs> to celebrate the third season of Three Girls, One Keith, I have a special gift for you guys. You can now get 60 days of Spotify premium free when you go to Spotify.com slash promo slash Amy. That's a hell of a deal. Enjoy, but keep in mind, this offer is only available for users in the U.S. and U.K. So how did you wind up speaking at the DNC? Oh, that's a good question. The LGBT caucus on on Capitol Hill, which is the caucus made up of openly gay and bisexual members of the U.S. Congress, I think they rightfully recognized that it was past time that a transgender person had the opportunity to speak from that stage. And while there were... At that point, and still to this day, no openly transgender members of Congress, they decided they needed to go outside of Congress to find that voice. They found you. And for whatever reason, they asked me to do it. So how does it feel? You're, what, maybe 26 at the time or something, and you speak at the DNC. You're like the first transgender person ever, right, to do something like that? I mean, that's an incredible step, but the (laughs) fact that it's happening in 2016, but it— I don't know, what do you feel in that moment? In that moment, it was one of the first instances for our community— that trans equality was put on center stage and where trans people were celebrated in our lives and in our cause in that kind of setting. Politics is always the most cautious field, sadly. It's always very behind the times. What do you mean? Well, it's, it's a field that is, is typically behind arts and entertainment in terms of the values and the positions that it holds. Oftentimes and increasingly, frankly, it's even behind the business community. Mm-hmm. Politics is sort of, and D.C. in particular, it's sort of the last place to get the memo. Yeah. News always comes there the latest. And, and it's because people are scared of taking controversial positions. So things have to become so mainstream before the mainstream political entities tend to, tend to embrace them. But the reality is, is that in the same election that Donald Trump won, Pat McCrory became the only incumbent governor in this nation to lose re-election in North Carolina when he passed HB2 and targeted transgender people. The public is here Mm -hmm. on this issue. It demonstrates that people understand that discrimination never wears well in history. And while they may not totally understand what it means to be transgender, while they might not get it, that you should respond 
with dignity and respect when people come out, and you certainly shouldn't pursue an agenda of hate and discrimination against them. Um, what's something that um, we haven't spoken about that you would like to cover? You know, in the book, I tell the story of my relationship yeah. with Andy, mm-hmm. and it, I think it's it's very appropriate for this conversation that we've had because we've talked about patience, we've talked about grace, and for me, my experience with Andy taught me, I think, an important lesson that I carry with me. Andy was a transgender man; he was about three years older than me. He was a an attorney in Washington D.C. working to expand access to healthcare for transgender people. Um, Andy, after we started dating, was diagnosed with cancer. He went through radiation, chemotherapy, and surgery, and then after getting a clean bill of health, he received the news that his cancer was back and it was terminal. And so when Andy found out that he didn't have much time left, he asked me to marry him. And we married on the rooftop of our apartment building in 2014. And then four days after that, he passed away. And more than anything else, my relationship with Andy underscored for me that change in this fight cannot come fast enough. And so I think for me, my call to arms, my, my ask of people is, in addition to, to taking individual steps for change, it's to feel that fierce urgency of now, to recognize that lives are at stake, that lives are on the line, and that for so many people, so many people who are struggling with things that we can't even imagine in this moment, that change cannot come fast enough for them. <laughs> I feel like I'm way smarter like in the past hour, just having spent an hour with you. Wow. I think I'm a goddamn genius. I've got about an hour in me and then ask my friends. It's just, <laughs> and then it's just nothing. nothing. Just, you nothing. just flatline, right? I do. Nothing um, to offer. I also want to congratulate us because usually when someone talks about someone passing away, we chant sorry for your I know that. I was trying not to laugh. That's why I was laughing. So I heard that earlier and I was like, Ooh, I'm going to say they're going to do that. I think we need to give Andy a good sorry for your loss. Yeah. Sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. Just to show. Thank you. He would appreciate that. Thank you. I think he would. Thank you. I didn't even think of it. I'm slipping. I thought you were nodding off. Honestly, that entire thing was just a test for you all. So you passed it. Yes. We're better people. We became better people today. Um, Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, it's just cool to hang with you again. I'm really grateful. Thank you for having me. And thank you for this wonderful conversation. It was informative for me. What a lovely, remarkable person you are. Jesus Christ. This was a really uplifting episode, and I'm I'm really proud of it up until the end here. Uh, (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. Stay strong. Talk soon. Three Girls, One Keith is a Spotify original podcast. Our executive producers are me, Amy Schumer, and Kevin Kane. Our executive producers at Spotify are Natalie Tella and Robin Hopkins. Three Girls, One Keith is produced in collaboration with the team at Gilded Audio Design, Andrew Chug, Whitney Donaldson, and Dan Rosato. And by the way, make sure to follow Three Girls, One Keith so you don't miss a single episode. Keith was humping your lamp. He was like air humping around. Don't hump things. Don't hump objects around the apartment, please. Why not? Because I'm asking you. (laughs) I'm asking you.